Welcome to Improv Interviews. I'm Margot Escott, a psychotherapist and improviser. And today I have a beautiful, wonderful guest. It's Beth Maluski, zooming in from Chicago. Hi, Margot. Hi, Beth. <laughs> and I'm so excited to meet you in person. Your work is tremendous. I love the Chicago cash cab. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. And uh, other things that you're doing. And we have something in common, don't we? We do. What is that, Margo? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your journey into mental health. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're, um, you are way more experienced than I am. I'm just a baby therapist um, or baby counselor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my journey, my journey into mental health. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was an actor and improviser for 20 years. And I think, um, after a while, I just felt like I needed, needed to shift that it wasn't, wasn't really doing it for me anymore. Um, I also feel like in this business, unfortunately, I don't know, women, uh, it's not easy for women to grow into the business of acting as they get older. Um, and that, uh, mental health is, I think that, you know, we can work for a very long time in this space. And also I have been so lucky to have good helpers along the way, great therapists, great group leaders, um, you know, great, uh, 12 step like recovery stuff. So like, I feel like I want to kind of pay it forward and, um, yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a long journey to get here, but now it's that thing of like the next right thing is happening. Um, you know, I'm, I, I know I'm in the, I'm in the right space. So yeah, I have one more year in my master's program. I'll start an internship at a group practice in the fall, which I'm really excited about. And yeah, so we'll see what happens. And then after that, I'm not sure. I think I'm still kind of like finding my way as far as what that'll look like once I graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, for me, I know that Therapy is something I can do forever. I mean, mm -hmm. I can be blind and do it. I, I can't be deaf necessarily. And I can be sitting in a wheelchair, which I hope I'm not going to do soon. But you actually said something that piqued my interest. You mentioned 12-step recovery. And mm -hmm. I'm in a 12-step recovery program. Okay. I don't know if you are or not. You don't have to disclose your anonymity, certainly. Um, I will. I'm a grateful member of ACOA. Um, so, and uh, ACOA and some Al-Anon stuff. So yeah, that's been, that's been a huge part of, um, yeah, who I am for, for years. So that is like, that kind of opened the door for me. And then, um, yeah, and then just having a really amazing therapist to kind of uh, yeah. work with me on that. And also my first, I had a therapist like long time ago, 2004, and she was great. She modeled amazing things for me as well. So yeah, those were, I was yeah really lucky to find some good people because you know, it's a process. It's hard to like, I, I mean, even like when I refer friends or um, you say like, it, it's a process. You don't have to take the first therapist you meet and you can, you know, it's like, it's who you connect with. Of course, you know, it's like the, it's the connection. That's the most important thing. It's the therapeutic alliance. Yes. And um, I want to go back because I'm a proud member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, since I'm a tad older than you, you know, not mm -hmm. much. Um, in 1984 in Orlando, they had the first adult child of alcoholics meeting. Nice. Yeah. Like Claudia Black were there and Sharon Wickshider Cruz and just all these, uh, I mentioned Claudia. 
Um, just all these kind of, to me, superstars in recovery. So I've worked with adult children and adult, adult and teenage uh, mm -hmm. children as well for many years. So that's, and I think there's a big connection between improv and AA. I've done some workshops on it. I know we're not talking about me, but I can't help it. No, I love to hear this stuff. I love it. Let's hear it. Okay. Yeah. As you know, the first step is we admitted we were powerless. And in a way, we're powerless in improv because we're in the moment. We don't know what our scene partner is going to say or do. Right. Has us having to accept everything. And mm -hmm. so um, there's a great correlation between that, I think. And that, that's a wonderful experience, too, because it creates more empathy for others, gives us yeah. an understanding. And so, um, and I'm a member of Al-Anon as well. So uh, yeah. yeah, great yeah. fellowship. So um, you were in improv for about 20 years, you said. Tell me about your journey in, from a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a therapist, let's go deep back. <laughs> let's do some family systems work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the genogram right now. Um, <laughs> that's an inside joke for folks who aren't therapists, but we're not explaining it. <laughs> so oh, if you care to, what should, what happened during your childhood? Where did you grow up? And when did the sure. acting bug hit you? Yeah, um, so I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is only about 90 miles north of um, Chicago. And yeah, I think the acting bug bit me. Um, I was always like, I, I did some plays in grade school. I always felt comfortable. I went to a Catholic grade school. So we would like in church, we would have to read, like they would choose a reader to go up, um, you know, at mass once a week to do readings. And like, I had no problem, like some kids really freaked out about that. I had there was no problem for me to get up and do that. Um, and then um, in high school, I was also really good at sports. So like I played basketball for a really good high school team. But what ended up happening is that um, my junior year, I kind of, in high school, I ended up um, sitting the bench. They were like, well, you'll make the varsity team, which was a really big deal. But like, you're going to sit the bench and, um, you know, you'll be like the third string or whatever. And I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. Like, it's always been important for me to be active, to not like sit around and wait for things right. to happen, which is the other to take it back real quick to why I got out of acting. It's like so much of it is waiting. Like, of course you can make your own opportunities, but I like to be active in my own life and like, you know, take control of my own life. So there's not a lot of control, um, in the acting, in the acting world. So, um, so yeah, in high school, and then I auditioned for plays and I did a couple of plays and started doing improvisation in high school. We had, um, comedy sports, uh, which, you know, started right. in Milwaukee slash Madison. Um, we had an amazing, we had a high school league that was incredible. So all the different high schools in and around Milwaukee had a team. And so we would play against each other. There was a league. It was a really big deal. So I just, I fell in love with it once I started um, doing comedy sports. Yeah. And then it just kind of took off from there. I was part of the professional group in Milwaukee and I moved to New York and did it there for a little bit. Um, well, you did comedy sports in New York. Mm -hmm. yeah. You live in Manhattan? I lived in Brooklyn. Um, oh. So I lived in Brooklyn um, in a couple of different spots and I was only there for about a year and a half, two years. Um, so yeah, but I did um, comedy sports at the Telephone Bar and Grill uh, there, which was amazing. Um, and then moved to Chicago and that's sort of where I've been on and off for, yeah, for 20, 25 years now. 
Wow. So going back to high school, mm-hmm. do you remember any of the plays you really enjoyed being in? <laughs> yes. Um, I was in Neil Simon's Rumors, which is always hilarious to me because for some reason, it seems like it seems like a play high schools choose a lot, which, and it's like a very adult play talking about like adult things. And it's, it's really, it's hilarious to me now thinking back on it. So like, I have funny pictures of me, like, like full on, I think I played the Christine Baranski role um, in like full on adult, (laughs) adult makeup and, you know, wearing the fancy dress and everything. I loved rumors. Um, And then I think I did Grapes of Wrath and think there was one other one other thing that I'm not recalling that was in there um but then like once I auditioned and got into comedy sports that became like my full-time my full-time thing that I loved yeah I love comedy sports that's <laughs> awesome it really yeah. so did, you went to college or you just went into yeah where, am, where cool what'd you get a degree in I went to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, I uh, majored in film slash theater and I didn't finish. So I, I got through three years and I thought, well, hey, I'm gonna be an actor. I don't need to finish, which honestly was true at the time. Um, so I left and then like soon after that is when I moved to New York. Um, so popping to the present. So I had to finish my bachelor's that was now like three years ago before I got into my master's program. Um, and I always kind of joke, like I would have told my younger self, like just finish the bachelor's. Like you have one year left, just finish it. Like you will thank yourself, uh, later. Um, and yeah, so, um, three years of college and then, yeah, I kind of got out of Milwaukee and went to New York. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's terrific. And so then you made Chicago your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, after that time in New York, I made Chicago my home, um, lived uh, with a dear friend of mine for, from high school for a while. And I didn't perform right away. We were actually, she was from Milwaukee too. So we were spending a lot of time up there. I was doing some comedy sports stuff up there. Um, and then, yeah, I started taking classes at the Annoyance and Improv Olympic. And oh, yeah. Um, Mick Napier. Mm-hmm. Yep, with Mick. And um, Joe Bill was one of my first teachers. Yep, yep, Joe Bill. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I took classes at Improv Olympic and had Jack McBrayer as a teacher. And of course, Sharna was my teacher as well. And so, yeah, started taking classes there. And uh, man, I'll like, I'll never forget when but like now this is dating myself. Like I got a phone call on my answering machine <laughs> at home saying, Hey, we want you to sit in, um, in this Herald on this Herald team, which was, you know, the, the teams, the house teams that played at improv Olympic. And I mean, the group was just incredible. It was called two-year college. And there's some folks on there now that are like doing huge things. Joe Kelly, who writes for uh, Ted Lasso, Jordan Peele, who, it's wow, just like yeah. exploding, um, but amazing director. Um, and a couple other folks that were on that team that, you know, have just gone to do like amazing things. So I'll always remember that call, that phone call. Craig Kukowski was the coach. Um, who's oh, I also, love him so much. Oh my yeah. God, Carla. Yeah. He's also an amazing dude. And so I will always remember that phone call and me being like, oh my God, I made it. Like I did it. I did it. So yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I kind of went, went on from there, auditioned for Second City, um, started touring with them. I did their cruise ships for a couple years. Uh, was that fun? Did you like that? 
Yeah, that was, it was wild. I mean, it was, um, it was a blast. It was a year total. I did eight months straight, um, two contracts and then took a little break and then did four months later on down the road. Um, but yeah, it was a blast. Uh, yeah. Performing for yeah. Cruise ship patrons and kind of partying every night and getting to see the world. It was very cool. Yeah. It was a great experience. Oh, that's totally awesome. I just love that. I think that'd be a great life myself. <laughs> you don't have to cook anything, you know, everything's there for you. <laughs> After a while, you're like, I kind of want to see land, you know, we would be, right, our right. novelty would be getting off and being like, oh, look, there's a hard rock cafe. We can get, we can eat real food. <laughs> like that was our, that was our treat when we got off the boat. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, sitting and waiting and auditioning and you've got a lot of credits, film credits yourself, right? So you've done some sitting and waiting. Yeah, I've done some sitting and waiting. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you were in Arrested Development? Were you in Arrested I was. Tell me about that experience. That's one of my favorite all time shows. I could watch uh, it again and again. Yeah. So I moved out to L.A. for a brief time. And by brief, I mean like three months. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I just knew, you know, when I went out there, I had the full intention of staying, got an apartment. Um, and actually it was getting that show, getting that line on that show. That was kind of the turning point for me of like my whole life, actually. So like I went and did that and the day was really fun. It was great. Like sat, you know, with Jeffrey Tambor and Jason Bateman, like watch these two guys talk and like did my line. And it was, it was amazing. And I had a really, there was an amazing casting director who was really on my side out there named Allison Jones. She's cast a, a million things in comedy. And so um, I was really lucky to have her on my side too. But as I was leaving, I was like, huh, like kind of in my car, I was thinking like, is this enough? Like, is this, even if I were to go, do more, you know, even like, you know, get a sitcom or like be a regular, do like, is this enough for me? And I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't. And I didn't, I hate LA. I, I hated, <laughs> I liked, I lived in Burbank. I really liked that, but I, I just didn't, I, I do not like LA. So I knew, I knew at that time I was like, there's, there's more I want to do and it doesn't have to do with acting. So, um, yeah, packed up and came back to Chicago, moved my dog back, got, got and, moved, and moved back home, um, which was the right move. So, and that still took, I mean, that was 10 years ago. So it still took 10 years to just get to this spot now, you know, where I am in my master's program. Like that, as you know, like those transitions take a long time. There's grief and there's joy and there's all of that stuff that, um, kind of permeates uh when those transitions are happening so yeah it took a while yeah to get here mm -hmm. so um did you return to improv when you came back to Chicago I did yeah Second City um I came back and started performing right away with Second City they were good enough to give me you know come back and I would do work uh for them either like on one of um you know their small I was on one of their resident stages before I left and then or, you know, when I got cash cab, that's when I left. And then um, coming back, they would put on, you know, shows in their satellite theaters that would run for a while. So I would do those. Um, I would go out into corporate shows, a lot of corporate work. So yeah, they were, I, I was so grateful 
they definitely kept me working for like five or six years until I think at some point you have to just start saying no, or you'll never make the real transition. You know, you'll never get to like make the true transition. So yeah, then I started saying no and knew I was going to finish school and yeah, get the master's degree. Mm -hmm. Now you were not, you mentioned cash cab. So let's talk about Chicago cash cab. Cause sure. they, I was able to look at one of them and it was so much fun. How, what was that about and how'd you do that? And was it a lot of fun? Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, an audition like anything else and auditioned a couple times and um, yeah, ended up getting it while I was still uh, on the ETC stage at second city. So I had to leave the show. Um, I had written two shows over there. Um, so left that show to do cash cab and it was a blast. I always, I always forget. I think I did another podcast where somebody was like, Oh, you did 38 episodes. I, I forget like how many episodes there were. There were a lot. And so that shooting time was just a ball. We had a blast, the cast and crew. Um, well, I was cast, but the crew, uh, and I just, yeah, we had so much fun. And so, yeah, there was a definite learning curve of, having the earpiece in, having to listen to the director, read me questions, um, you know, driving, kind of multitasking, doing all that stuff. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I wondered about your driving skills and how daunting <laughs> that was to be doing a show while you're driving in the traffic in Chicago. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've always had friends or, and even like, you know, uh, my parents have said like, I, I, I'm a pretty good driver. So that didn't, that didn't concern me, concern me much. I've never like maybe been pulled over once. I've had like one minor accident in my life. So like driving and like kind of doing that stuff wasn't, um, was not a huge deal. That's most, yeah. Most people are like, I could never do all that stuff and, you know, drive at the same time. And, um, you're also kind of protected behind you. Cause you have, a you know, the follow van with all the producers <laughs> and like, um, folks following you. So you're like, you're a little bit protected in that way as well. Um, and yeah, and everybody who was on the show was so great. So yeah. That's it was so wonderful. It's so fun. And then you get to give people money. I know. And then you can, <laughs> yeah. And then you can bombard people with free money at the end. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're a writer as well. And you've written a lot of things. Um, and things like that. Well, yes. So we at Second City, we um, we write, you know, we write our reviews uh, based on improvisation. So those two reviews that I was in, um, yeah, we all had a hand in writing. Uh, you know, that's how the material is generated. We will improvise scenes. You know, the director sort of watches those scenes and, you know, decides what we should flesh out. And then we work on them in the set every night after the show. So um yeah, that it's like, it's, it's kind of the coolest process to, to write a sketch show. Uh, you know, that's kind of the cool thing about Second City. It's never really, you know, it's never really dark. Like the material is always like, there's never like, well, we're going to shut down the theater for three months so they could write a new review. You know, that material starts to get generated after, after a certain amount of time. So um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to write two reviews there. Um, they were super well received and we had a blast, a blast doing them. Yeah. That's exciting. And you mentioned ETC. Was Jane Morris there when you were there? No, I mean, she was, I, uh, no. So she's, um, I, I think she's probably, 
I don't know if she's much older than I am, but that was probably maybe like 15 years before me or maybe even 20. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forgetting how young you are. And I don't (laughs) want to, I don't want to drop names, but um, I just took a sketch uh, improv sketch class with Jamie Moyer. Oh, wonderful. Yes. And it was mind blowing. I loved it so much. And, uh, and she's one of those energetic people that like, I left feeling confident. I don't know about my sketch writing skills, but I just felt, yeah, I can do anything I want to do or something like that. Those are the kind of teachers. Do you have specific teachers that really impacted you that you just, you know, from the moment you were with them? Yeah, well, um, oh man, that's a great question. I think, you know, we were talking about Craig Kowski. He was definitely one of those teachers for me at Improv Olympic. Um, I think it was like my, you know, my level three class or whatever that I had him, he made a real impact on me as far as scene work and slowing things down. And um, yeah, he, he was amazing. And then, oh man, I'm trying to think of who, of who else this is. Yeah. This is really, really going back. Um, oh, Mick, I mean, getting, you know, Mick Napier wow. to come in to either, he would kind of come in and look at, um, the second city shows that, you know, we're getting put up to either like, you know, help punch them up or say like, here's what I see. Like just listening to Mick talk about the art is really cool. Um, I love that. And then, um, well, then I'll name drop my husband and then my husband, TJ Jagodowski. <laughs> um, <laughs> was he a teacher of yours? He was, he was a teacher of mine. <laughs> Um, even though he's not that much older than I am, but yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was like my level five teacher, um, at Improv Olympic and he was, um, yeah, but he, he, that was like an amazing learning experience too. Um, and you know, still is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I bet now, uh, he didn't start dating you while you were in class still, did he? (laughs) Oh God, no, that wasn't like for another 20 years. No, Um, (laughs) So uh, that was much, much later on in the, in the, yeah, in the deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you run into him somewhere 20 years later? Well, no, I mean, we, you know, we kind of performed, I was doing Armando, I think. I mean, we always would run into each other. We knew each other from performance and stuff. Um, And we were always friends. Uh, And then when I moved back from LA, he asked me to go see a concert with him and it was super platonic like nothing happened we went and had a drink afterwards that was it and then I always like to tell this story and then we were doing a show at the annoyance called um TNT together which was just like a big group of uh you know folks who had been improvising for a long time and he he likes to say he he thought that I grabbed his butt after the show which is absolutely nothing I would ever do Um, and so he asked me out to dinner <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And then it sort of just kind of took off from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? Uh, we will be married five years on August 12th. Oh, wow. My yeah. wedding anniversary is August as well. That's oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, so he was one of your good teachers as well. Yeah, he was an excellent teacher. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing it since high school, so you were really a confident performer. Yeah, I mean, I never, yeah, I don't, um, of course I get nervous, you know, before I go on stage, which is good, but I yeah. never felt like, um, yeah, confidence was never 
an issue for me. Um, I think, especially with improv, just like getting out there and just doing it, you know, and it's interesting, like, <laughs> last night, I had my last, um, my last class for the for the session. And uh, it's an advanced skills class. So we were counseling somebody for six weeks, and then we'd get into small groups, you know, we'd each kind of give each other feedback. And one of the guys in my group said, like, you're so confident. And so that's funny you bring that up. He was like, you have like just such a confidence about you. Um, and yeah, I think like that's always kind of been kind of been with me, which I've been really grateful for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That is just beautiful. I want to get back to improv therapy mm -hmm. for a minute because, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I discovered improv, I immediately saw the therapeutic connection and I thought, wow, I'm going to create this new thing. And then I found out and I met uh, Kristen Kruger, who had written a powerful paper okay. on a research project on improv and anxiety. And then I found out about Dr. Danny Vega and Northwestern and working with Second City and blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. And so I wasn't inventing anything new. <laughs> it's such a wonderful feel because there's you know, improv for anxiety, of course, second, keep mentioning Second City, but they had those as well. And uh, there's so much research now yes. about applied improv. And I did want to mention to you, my friend, Dr. Daniel Weiner, who has a program called Rehearsals for Growth, which is for therapists learning improv. And he's a Keith Johnstone person. Gotcha. And so I'm in his certificate program right now. And it's it's a wonderful thing to do once you get your master's finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting for me. Absolutely. I see the connections. I would, you know, I, I said to someone too, like, I feel like being attuned to somebody um, is such a huge piece of this. Like, and it, and it does, it parallels improv. It's how you're attuned to somebody in a scene. And also like how we are trained to pick out themes with our client is the same way, you know, we pick out themes in a scene, you know? So I think those skills will really, really serve me well um, in the therapy room. And yeah, it will be interesting to see how I want to use it. I feel like for me and like this was something I monetized for so long. So like, you know, improvisation acting was something that was how I made my living. And so there was a lot of pressure behind it as far as like, what's the next thing? How am I going to make my living doing this? How am I going to make it? So it's actually been nice to kind of give it a little bit of a break, you know, that I, I that I don't have to worry about that piece anymore. Right. So I know that I will be able to integrate it at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like yet, which is kind of exciting to me. And I think like, even looking at what you do as far as like improvisation for now, it, do you do improvisation with caretakers as for, uh, for yes, my, like I work with Parkinson's and movement disorders and that includes the care partners who often have to work the computer for them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and that's just beautiful. See that, that stuff is so powerful. And I, uh, I'll actually send you a link. I have, um, there was a fella and um, his wife that I performed with years ago, his name is Monday Carter and her name is Karen Stoby and they do improv for Alzheimer's patients um, yes. based out of Asheville. And so they've done a Ted talk um, on, which is so, which, which makes all the sense of the world uh, of the yes ending of, you know, people who are right. suffering from this of like, 
why, you know, don't deny, just go with it. You know what I mean? It's going to make your life easier. It's going to make whoever you're caring for, it's going to make their life easier, you know? So I think it's, yeah, it's a really powerful, powerful resource. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love to see that. Now, um, did you ever do any musical improv? Yes, um, I did. I performed with a group called Baby Wants Candy. Um, Oh, I know them. Yeah. 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 Baby wants candy for a long time. Um, and yeah, that was a blast. I love musical improv. I've always loved musical games. Um, yeah, yeah, I think some people have a big fear of that, which I totally understand, but, and, and for some reason, and I, I always say it was like in college, it was listening to Joni Mitchell's blue over and over and listening to and listening to Tori Amos that I somehow just have like a natural ability to sing. Like I was never in a choir. I was never. Um, and so at second city, I was always taxed with like hitting the high notes. Cause I could, I could find those somehow. And so even my dad, I remember when he came to the show, he's like, how did you know how to sing? And I was like, that's a great question. I think it's from listening to those albums in my car over and over again, trying to hit the notes. Um, and so singing, yeah, has always just like come, like come easy for me. I've never trained in it or anything, but it's one of my favorite things to do and was one of my favorite things to do at Second City. It was a blast. Yeah. Now, who was your musical director then? Um, we had two. Uh, we had uh, Jesse Case was my musical director for one of my ETC shows and um, Mike Dakota, who is also, um, you know, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh- Oh yeah, Mike and Dina, two of my yeah. favorite people. Oh my God, yes. he's so t- he's a pilot now. I do, I know, it's amazing. <laughs> he's another one with a life transition, a job change. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it too. So, that I, you know, okay, I'm not the greatest singer, but I love musical improv. And all of my classes, whether it's for PD or anxiety or whatever, start with music and mm-hmm. movement and facial, especially for Parkinson's, facial expressions. And then we play some real, you know, basic, easy uh, musical improv games. And I just adore it. I just adore it. In fact, I'm in a a group and whenever there's an opportunity in a scene for me to sing, even if it doesn't make sense, I'll start singing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's a blast. And I mean, playing with Baby Wants Candy and Mike was also the musical director for them, you know, for a long time as well. playing with a full band, getting to sing with a full band was just, yeah, it was amazing. Oh. It was a ball. Mm-hmm. Now, was Stacey Smith with them then? Um, nope. She was a little, she's a little younger than me. So I think we just kind of missed each other. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stacey was my first musical improv teacher. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. Absolutely. And then Dina, of course, who I just adore. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So music is so important because mm-hmm. it helps them to feel more comfortable at ease, especially when we're playing kind of the music of the day. It's yeah. funny because now Beatles music is good for older people, but I'm a Beatles girl. So that ages me. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about therapy and improv, I have found that when I'm working with really anxious people, once there's been a little bit of a relationship, I'll do the mirror game. Mm-hmm. That has such a calming effect on people. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great, because it gets them, as you know, to focus and breathe. And mindfulness is another thing I use a lot of and meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I also, um, another life transitioner, my, I have a dear friend who's living in upstate New York right now. 
uh, Matt Cohen, he was the uh, musical director at the Groundlings um, in LA for a long time. And he's now getting his master's in music therapy. So, um, so yeah, a bunch of later life transitions into this, yeah, mental health space, which is really exciting. Because as you know, we're needed. It's necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is. I'll tell you, you know, there's such a need now because people say we're out of the pandemic. Well, not, not in my world. We're not a pandemic and so so many people their lives have changed so profoundly Mm -hmm. and connecting even if it's via zoom is so important for people today there's something called global play brigade and they've got tons of members and they work all over the world they're having actually a a big festival tonight that i'm going to and teaching you know how to be mindful and dealing with anxiety and coping with change. So it's such a natural transition, I think. Yeah. And I think even in, you know, in the 12 step community, it's, you know, meeting in person is really important, but as you might know, like the great thing is now there's so many meetings online whenever you want, you know what I mean? Like what a support system to have if you need to just log in and go to a meeting, it's like that, you know, there's just, there's meetings happening everywhere. You can go to one in Australia, you can go to one in New Zealand, you know, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, are you still writing? Do you do write daily or journal or what do you do with your writing skills? Yeah. I mean, I do try to, cause the artist's way was something I did for a long time. Um, and you know, which, you know, she has you do something called morning pages every morning, which is the three pages of longhand, just kind of, you know, get, get it all out of your brain. So I try to, the one thing I try to do the most is just do three things I'm grateful for in the morning. I have a gratitude journal and three things I'm grateful for at night. So I have a great gratitude journal, a dear friend made me. So I try to do that at the very least. And then if, um, with school, it's been, I don't know too. I sometimes I get into like a little kink with journaling where I'm like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> like, I don't even want to hear myself talk anymore. So I'm in kind of one of those spaces now, but even then I try to like read something that's going to inspire me and then write on that or, you know, like read, you know, use a workbook or something. So I try to do something every morning to that effect. Yeah. And the gratitude list is so important. You know, there's been research on the effectiveness of the gratitude list. Yes. That's a great assignment for clients, I think. Totally. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, um, have you been, have you been working with clients during this past year at all or? Um, I've been lucky enough to have um, just two, like I said, because I'm such a baby therapist. So we were, we had two like a semester ago, we had a session um, with an outside client. We had two sessions that were very quick. And then just this past um, uh, term, I met with a client for six weeks, which was excellent. Um, So that was, yeah, it was great experience. And like I said, so grateful to have it right before I start this internship, because I think I'm going to kind of hit the ground running with that. So that really built up um, a lot of confidence, which, which felt good. Yeah. That's terrific. Now, when I went to school decades ago, and you're not a baby, you're learning stuff. Your experience in acting and improv gives you such a lead mm. for a lot of other just beginning mental health students, okay? Because you've really got a lot of tricks in your bag, Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's life experience too. You know, I feel like that's, I, I never want to be smirch. I mean, because I have 
I call them my youngins, but like I have you know friends in the program that are like, you know, I'm 46 and, and they're 26, you know, there's like a 20 year, you know, gap there. And of course, like, I think life experience is a big piece of it, but also like, I do have some old souls in this program that I'm like, oh, you're going to be an amazing therapist right out of the gate, you know, even though you're younger, you know, but yeah. yes, but you're right. Yeah. There is a, there's a big bag of tricks to, to pull from there. Yep. Mm -hmm. So when I was in school, um, we had to do something called process recordings. Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh my God. Maybe you won't have to go through this, but um, I, uh, I guess it was my second year, I had to write my, I said, she said, I said, he said, and record the session. And we, you know, computer, <laughs> we didn't have computers. I mean, we had computers, but not like we have them today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I had an iPhone until, you know, I don't know, the nineties or something. But anyway, <laughs> um, so we'd have to write the complete session. And of wow. course, Yes, and of course, we always wanted to look good. We weren't doing videotaping or having our supervisor look at that. So kind of the joke was, you know, we presented our best self, but it was a tedious process, believe me, to write down a whole session. So good thing you don't have to do it. Well, you know what's interesting about that? We actually did have to do some of that in my first um, my counseling skills class and actually it kind of bringing it back to like, you know, what we can use in the space from, you know, our old life or whatever. I, it was tedious, but I was also like, oh, this is like writing a script. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it there was a sort of a piece of me and we didn't have to transcribe the whole session. Thank goodness. It was just like, you know, a five minute chunk, but I agree it's tedious, but I was like, oh, this reminds me of writing, writing a script. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I get how to do this, you know? So it is weird I even remember writing a reflection about that being like, it is strange, like the things that carry over that you don't think are going to matter. And I was like, oh, that, that mattered. I, I, I got how to do that. Like that was, that was easy to do, you know? Um, yeah. Because, you know, therapy is improvisation. We start where the client is at and all of that good stuff. And yeah, I mean, absolutely being in the now yeah, being in the present moment. Yeah. So being, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's, what else is on your horizon? What else? Um, well, now I have a break for a few weeks. Um, and yeah, I'm going to travel. My mom's going to come into town and we will uh, go up to um, Milwaukee. Our routine is we go to the Wisconsin State Fair every year. And we've missed that for a few years um, because of one thing or another, you know, COVID, she had a knee replacement. So that'll be good to get back on that trip with her. And then <clears throat> TJ and I will go see my parents in a couple of weeks. They live up North in Wisconsin. So that'll be a nice trip. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what um, performance stuff kind of happens. I've been doing a fun, uh, well, I did it once and then this month, everybody kind of got bit by COVID again. Uh, a fun show at the bug house theater here in Chicago. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's been called hodgepodge. It's a bunch of women that have like been in the scene for a long time. So that's been really fun to get together and do, uh, and do, you know, just do some fun improv again. And I also like it cause the show's at like six o'clock. So that <laughs> anything, anything earlier is good for me. Um, and then the only other thing that I will put out there is um, I was lucky to be a part of a great show called Shrink 
uh, which is created by Tim Baltz and Ted yes, Schreiber. yes, I know, I know. It's it's done, yeah. um, it, it was out there for a while, and then it got. Long story short, you know, was you weren't able to find it for a while. Well, now it's streaming on Peacock. So check out Shrink. Um, I think it's especially fun to watch now that I'm in this like mental health space. Maybe it was fun for you to watch too, to watch. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In his garage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> Getting his hours in his garage. Yeah. So yeah, check that out. If yeah, if anybody's listening who hasn't seen it yet, check it out. Mm-hmm. So you're not really away totally from improv. You're still going to meet your friends and do some oh, stuff. Oh, totally. Hopefully, yeah. I would love to do at least once a month. Um, like I said, especially once I start you know, getting into the meat of like having more clients. I think that kind of like fun piece will absolutely, yeah, be necessary for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great when we get to play a therapist in the scene too. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a 12-step meeting, not to be disrespectful or whatever, but doing 12-step meetings. There was a classic Saturday Night Live. Wait, you might not have even been born then. It was a Belushi and Gilda Radner and Elliot, um, oh gosh, Elliot Gould. And it was a therapy scene where the therapist kept saying, um, okay, next week group is meeting at five o'clock on Thursday. And then later on, I said, don't forget we're meeting on Monday at 2 p.m. And he kept changing the time. Gucci <laughs> was playing uh, the character of Vito, the godfather. I mean, if you yeah. have a chance, to, have you ever seen it? Because I haven't. No, I have to look it up. That's hilarious. But Lorraine Newman just hit it. Just she was a a flight attendant who loved to make people comfortable sleeping, sitting up. And it, <laughs> it's just the greatest scene if you have a chance to see it. So um, this has been really delightful. I could talk to you for a long time. And I think when you, we have to have therapy supervision, improv therapy supervision. And I think that would be a great field to get into. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think yeah, I think there are definitely, uh, yeah, I, I know, like I said, as I get into this more, I know there are going to be little niche areas that I'll be able to see like, oh, that could be a thing. I'm obsessed with also opening an adult um, play cafe that's only for adults for like it, their inner child. So you'd have like a room full of Legos and like a room full of action figures, but it's only for adults. Like no right, kids right, can, right, right. can like get a coffee, you can play, like you can feel safe there. So like anybody wants to invest in my adult play cafe, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. But maybe open it in Florida. Uh, <laughs> yes. In the winters. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Winters in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did want to ask, what kind of music are you listening to today? Are you still listening to Blue? Oh, God, yes. I love Joni. Um, I'm also like a kid of the 90s, so... I'm big into like what would be 90s alternative, um, I guess called. Uh, so yeah, I love bands like the Smiths and Morrissey and um, hilarious because it's kind of, I guess, counterintuitive to my personality. It's kind of like sad, you know, <laughs> like shoegazer, <laughs> as they call it, shoegazing music. So yeah, I really, um, I really, I love Tori Amos. I just went and saw her in concert a couple of months ago, which oh, was wow. great. Um, cool. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like, now I do, I do feel like I'm getting, I was just talking about this with a friend of mine of like, I like, I'm an old person. I'm like, I want to listen to my music. I don't care about anything new that's coming out. I'm like, I still want to listen to like what I love. And I'm like, 
oh, this is what my parents probably felt when I was growing up of like wanting to listen to the Beatles and like, you know, all their music from the seventies. Um, so yeah, so, um, but yeah, nothing new has really grabbed me. Yeah. And outside of textbooks, Mm -hmm. um, are you reading anything right now? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Not really. You know, I just got recommended a book by a guy in my class. That's like a science fiction book that I might try to pick up. And then I get a lot of magazines. So like I get the New Yorker every week. It's so funny. Like I get all the like magazines that aren't Chicago based. Like I get the New Yorker, I get New York magazine, I get Milwaukee magazine. (laughs) Um, So I've always got like a stack of magazines next to my bed. And I don't know, it's almost kind of like improvisation in a way. Like they're you do a scene and then you forget about it. You know, it's like easy reading. You read an article, you're like, it's a little disposable. So it's like, I like that kind of like light reading, you know? So yeah, so not um, not doing any like big books right now. Just, yeah, more magazine stuff. Mm-hmm. I like magazines too. Yeah. Well, you are a beautiful woman, first of all. Thanks, and, and I know you're going to be an awesome therapist. It's going to be so oh. cool. I just can't wait now that we're friends to watch your progress and everything. So I am so grateful you came on the show today. So I want to thank you, Beth, very much from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Margo. Thank you for having me. Okay. All righty. So I guess we'll say bye-bye until we meet again. Bye. Bye.